And live from the Bill Austin Radio Studios here in downtown Phoenix, it is 10 o'clock a.m. and it's Friday, March 12th. I'm Gareth Kwok. I'm Miller McKinney. And I'm Edwin Perez. And this is DTP. Here is the planet's ultimate game. There may well be a storm brewing here tonight in many senses. What can happen today, we wonder. Welcome to this episode of Dissecting the Pitch here on BlazeRadioOnline.com, as well as our podcast platforms on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Gareth Kwok, and uh, joining me today once again, the crew, the the the, the, the duo, our, our our panel of experts, <laughs> Edwin Perez, Miller McKinney. Uh Before I ask you the the first question, uh, Edwin, thanks for coming in, pinch hitting relief. He came off the bench. Uh, the the so we are having a little some technical difficulties beforehand. We usually get the the intro in there a little bit more smooth and sound, but uh, you know sometimes we gotta adapt to the situation, right, Evan? I, I think it's the most smooth it's been. I saw Miller the way he was shaking his he he, he approved of it. I think it's the smooth it, it's been. Maybe not the sound, you know, it coming from the computer probably sounds you know way crispier, but uh, <laughs> at least it, at least I brought the intro. It the sounded a lot better than I thought it would, to that, be honest. That, that so. is true. Yeah, I, 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 I like, I like, <laughs> you, you did that, you did uh, prove me wrong there. I told you. Th- th- thanks for using crispier in a, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> yeah, I got you. This, <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't no Rice Krispies from well, Kellogg's. Listen, Gareth, I, I hate to cut you off, but there's Uh-oh. some breaking news. Our insider Uh-oh. source, Miller McKinney, told me before the show. Big Uh-oh. news today. He, he's excited and has big news, so he's waiting for you to ask the question so oh okay you, the, the usual question yeah, that yeah, i ask okay yeah. how are we both doing today well gareth let me tell you i'm doing fantastic today <laughs> um some of the biggest news that i've had in a really long time i'm getting the first covid shot today oh at 1 30 okay. so i can't be more excited very really? wow there you go Huge. very nice finessed asu into that one <laughs> but here we are that's so, what we're we'll all about. It. Yeah. Finessing. Well, <laughs> well, we're all gonna be uh, after after Miller gets his today. We're all gonna be halfway through. So that's that's big time. Yeah, uh, that's huge. That, that is huge. Uh, hopefully, those out there that are they're still on the list or awaiting their uh, vaccine, their first dose. Hopefully, they can uh, get theirs very soon. Uh, I know here at Arizona State, we've been uh, very fortunate to sort of have uh, this uh, this this process for a lot of students. So it's been it's been very well uh, well. Uh, prepared and, and organized and so um and so that's that's sort of the next step there um you, so you going you going down to tempe then huh you going down to tempe uh, i believe so yeah yeah okay yeah. All right. Wow, look at you, because Gareth is also getting, but this is his second this dose. This is my second dose. Really? So yeah. So this is his uh, final uh, 
Hopefully it goes well. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. A little input. I know. I've heard a lot of people have had uh, some issues with it. So hopefully you, know the, you don't have any. The, <laughs> the first one I didn't have any side effects, but I heard the second one, it domes you. You know, yeah. it, it, yeah. it 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 uh it, the side effects are a little bit more. Uh, it hits you a little bit more, but we'll see. We'll see if I can get out of bed tomorrow morning or not. Uh, but we got a lot of soccer talk to get through. Gareth, you didn't ask me. I, I, had, oh. I have some news of myself. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I have sorry. news of myself. Come on, bud. Okay, I'm sorry. So Go ahead. You, uh, there's pieces of paper. I'll give this one to Millers because I was too lazy to make a third one. I'll give you one second. Okay, all right. Uh, in the paper, you can check it out, Gareth. Uh, my, the Edwin segment will be going on throughout the show. I'm going I'm to give you guys time to do it because... Uh, the whole show is an yeah, Edwin segment. Because, today. yeah, I'm... I'm while I'm talking or someone else is talking, you can think about who's going to be on your team. But uh, you're going to make a starting 11. But I laid out some specific rules in here. So you have a choices of three formations on the top. And there are specific rules, such as you have to have at least one West Ham player. You could, uh, you can either have Messi or Ronaldo. You can't have both. Or you can have neither on your team. Up to you. You have to have a minimum of one MLS player. Just to spice it up, give Garris a noggin a little going over there. You can have a maximum of three La Liga players. And if you do Messi, that counts as one. Or for dollar for Serie A. A maximum of three Serie A players, maximum of three Premier League, maximum of three Bundesliga. So you don't just create a you know, Bayern team or whatever. So spice <laughs> it up. A player younger than 21. I feel like that's pretty easy. Okay. Uh, everyone's going to be thinking about using Mape or Alon. You can use one or the other. You can't use both. Okay. And they will count on the max three. Uh, and then the final one is the hardest one, in my opinion. You have to use a minimum of one La Masia graduate that's not named Messi. So the Ansu Fati's of the world, the Ricky Pooges of the world. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And, and, yeah. they, and they won't count into the La Liga. I'll give you that one. That one, okay. like, so Ilyash Moriba, I, you know, you can go to any of those boys. Who? So. Okay. Ilyash Moriba. He, he played in the most recent <laughs> game, dude. Everyone's uh, excited about him, but... Here you go. I'll, I'll give you guys time. If you want to do it in paper, that's why I gave you a little bit, but you can okay. do it on your computer too. Okay, so, so we're, we're going to be filling this out as the yeah, show goes on. Yeah, so I'll give you Tienes a little... Tienes La Pluma or no? Uh, let me check. <laughs> let me check. I forgot about that part. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. If not, I think I have one. So, uh, <laughs> Gareth, you could kick off what you were going to do. Sorry, I had to cut you off. No, no, no. This is, uh, this is see, the thing with that, the Edwin segment is he gets, <laughs> you never know what he's going to do. And he, he told me, that, for those listening, he told me beforehand, yeah, I got something up my sleeve. So don't make sure uh, make sure you guys, uh, you, you, got, you give me adequate time to do my Edwin segment, which is fair enough. And we're going to have plenty of time to talk a little bit of Champions League. First half of leg two matches, uh, we'll talk a little bit of the Europa League. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about the new Barcelona president, Joan Laporta, getting elected recently, as well as news about Joachim Lowe stepping down from the German national team after these uh, Euros this upcoming summer. So lots to get through today. And let's first begin with some reaction to the Champions League leg two. Let's first start off with Dortmund and Sevilla. So Dortmund and Sevilla in leg two. It was a 2-2 draw, but on aggregate, Dortmund advances to the quarterfinals with a 5-4 uh, victory. And gentlemen, it's the it's really the Erling Haaland show. Ever any any time Dortmund goes into the Champions League, I mean, this guy scored four of Dortmund's five goals in the two matches against Sevilla here in the round of 16. I mean, uh, what what would this team be without Erling Haaland there scoring all these goals? Yeah, I know. Me, me and Miller alluded to it when we previewed the matchup, you know, before even the first match, is that it's going to be the individual show. I mean, they have a lot of individualistic talent in that team that they can carry, like the Jan Sancho. I mean, he's finally picking up his horn and looking like Man United may want him again. 
there's the Erling Alons of the world. I mean, there, there's so many players, but we specified Erling Alon needs to show up in the big moment. He loves the Champions League. He said it himself that he strives to it's, tries to be one of the main players there, and and he showed it this this match. We said. Sevilla, yes, they, they have the talent to at least decently make it a game, but we said that it would be the Darwin show because they have the better attack. They have the more cohesive unit to make a difference. Well, Sevilla is good as a unit. They're, they don't have that individual talent that can take them forward, which I think is very huge in the Champions League. But, um, yeah, I got to give credit. Dorman got to credit Erling Alon. You know, that celebration over that keeper was, uh, I, I think, <laughs> very amazing. It was a good show. I mean, I, I appreciate that. I feel like he... Uh, a lot of people mocked him, even last year, you know, after PSG beat them, all of them did the Erling Alonso thing, so I feel like he has the right to do a little bit of, you know, we'll say confidence slash cockiness back at the, the goalkeeper. Um, I think Edwin summed it up pretty well. I think, obviously, you know, Sevilla had a hard time. Obviously, keeping up with Holland, and I mean, everybody has a hard time doing that. So, I mean, nothing really on them. They played the best they could. Uh, they ended up 5-4 in aggregate, so they got really close. That was closer than I think a lot of people expected. But uh, it, both good games, a lot of good goals, and I don't know. It was pretty much what everybody expected. How about the, we, we? Everyone talked a little bit about the the celebration after the the second goal there. And it, it was funny because after he scored and then he started just running around. Because also it was funny because he had his arm stretched out, but also he was just running away. From it was all like the, a FIFA celebration. <laughs> it was yeah. a FIFA celebration, but also all the Sevilla players <laughs> were coming after him. Uh, it was I mean, not, probably did that cross the line at all? Unnecessary or it's not a big deal? I would say not because of what the goalkeeper did on the first one. Yeah, I mean, he, I don't know. He kind of provoked it, yeah, you know, like yeah. he did. A player like Alon, when you provoke him, they're gonna get mad and things like that. That's going to happen with Ronaldo, Messi. And my, the, the thing is, these players are running after him, and all of these short Spaniards, that they run after him, and they're, they, he turns around, and they're like, okay, well, I probably don't want to fight this guy. So Yeah, I know. They're messing with the wrong dude. Yeah. They're not messing with yeah, no so, short uh, man. So, but, yeah. but well, I, I, you I think they were used to Messi? They're like, we can maybe mess with this short kid, and then they're like, oh, shoot, this is – we're in Germany, baby. They, this go, is. they go up there to choke him, and they, they can't even reach his neck. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it begs the question. I know Edwin and I have talked about this a little bit. And I I think even Miller as well. But you know, he's doing. He's been. He, you you see the talent that he brings, and you see how much he can provide to any team. It seems like, and it just it, it has that feeling. I think for most, that it seems like his days at Dortmund are are getting close uh, because it, it, there's going to be a team that wants him that much more. Uh, is, how much longer do you think he's he's going to stay at Dortmund? I mean, he loves Dortmund, and I think that that much gives him a boost. But eventually, as a player, I don't think he's going to be the Marco Royce who stays longer than we expect and everything like that. I, he's clearly way too talented for that. And how many teams are rounding up for him? I mean, we have all the Giants basically saying that they wanted the Man United, the Man City, the uh, I mean, the Liverpool, the Barcelona, the uh, I mean, Bayern uh, Munich. Which uh, if that happens, I'll be depressed but uh real madrid i mean all of them all the ones that has the money money to make the move is is willing to willing to come forward and that's good for Dortmund because it's going to be uh who's going to offer the most money to not only you know alan and his agent but also to Dortmund. so they're going to make a lot of profit and i think that means to this summer especially it, it might be time to move because someone's going to make an offer they can't refuse and i think a huge thing too that we got to 
uh, divert with uh, Alon is looking at the Bundesliga table. They're not in Europa League football yet. I mean, they they might not even play European football depending on how the end of the season goes. And someone like Erling Alon loves Champions League. He needs to be playing European football. Imagine him just play for Bundesliga, which he has no chance of winning in a domestic cup, which doesn't really matter. matter. So it just doesn't make sense for him. I I don't know. I think I think it's tough because this is arguably the best player that Dortmund have had in a long time. You know, they've had Aubameyang before, Marco Royce when he was younger, Robert Lewandowski. They had guys that could score the goals and be in the same situation. We've seen a lot of these guys come out and be very good later in their career. So I think what Dortmund's kind of asking themselves is, you know, at the end of the day, they always sell these players, they get a bunch of money, and they start over. But I think that this time it's a little bit different because you can see that this guy is going to be a generational talent. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're having a hard time trying to decide what to do with them and, you know, when to set the price and everything like that because they have to kind of meet in the middle in terms of, you know, how much money they're going to sell him for and how well he's doing for the club because Dortmund don't really have the luxury to say go watch – you know themselves play in champions league every year and do well whereas this year who knows what they can do so it's it's kind of like last year and i mean everybody knows that they you know they're probably not going to get as far as they should or as far as everybody else thinks they should but i think that at the end of the day it's going to be a tough decision for Dortmund to let him go and i think it's just going to be whoever has the highest bid is going to be able to come snatch him up so we'll see who it is and Dortmund fans, they they better enjoy these next uh, these next couple of months, if if any, if uh, of of his success and of his um, of his play. It's surely fun to watch. But Dortmund goes through on aggregate. Let's move on to another matchup here: Liverpool versus RB Leipzig. And this one was all Liverpool again. A two nil win in the second leg. Moving on, aggregate four nil. And uh, gentlemen, it's just. Uh, Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, both of them scoring goals uh, in around the 70th minute mark. And uh, for RB Leipzig, they just didn't seem to really have a have an answer for for Liverpool. And you know, we we've talked a lot about Liverpool and their Premier League form being not very particularly good. It's definitely not pretty, but so far they're surprising in in UCL right now and in Champions League. Maybe they could they sneak into the semis. Um, the the thing about Liverpool that could carry them is obviously they have good talent and we've seen that sort of talent carry the uh go to the final but also it's it's hugely dependent on someone like Virgil van Dijk coming back from injury and 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 they and he started to train so things are looking good and it depends on when he can return it depends on who their matchups next if they face like a I don't know uh a Dortmund I could see them moving on from a Dortmund team like you know I think Erling Alon would test them Clearly he would, and I think it would be a good matchup. But I think they could move on. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a luck of the draw. But also all their focus is on the Champions League now. We saw that with uh, the Premier League match against Fulham. He, he basically pulled out his bench, and they lost against that Fulham team, which is obviously a very ugly loss. But uh, you can see that Jurgen Klopp is kind of throwing in the towel a little bit in the Premier League and, let, and realizing that maybe we just need Champions League football and we'll be content with that. So I think just that that factor, um, if they can get some uh, guys who are injured currently to get back, I think they could make a sneaky run because they had the talent that made it to a final once but obviously lost. So I think it's going to be all about if they can get it healthy in the right matchups at the right time, that'll boost them. But if they get someone like Bayern the next run, I can tell you that they'll be packing their bags and, <laughs> and going back to England. So 
I I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it just this was a lot more boring than I thought it would be. I <laughs> thought that Leipzig was going to do a little bit better, but I think this is kind of where we see the end of Leipzig's run for now. I think that this is going to be kind of, you know, the start of their down. Well, not really the start. It's already started. But I think this is going to be the start of their downturn um, where they're probably not going to be as good as they were, and a lot of people will probably overrate them at this point because of how good, how well they've played in the league uh, the past few years. So I think that this is just kind of a tough one to watch. Um, but like Edwin said, I don't think this Liverpool team is very strong coming up against, you know, some of the better opponents in Champions League. So I think it'll be re really interesting to see who they draw, especially if it's, you know, PSG or something without Neymar. I think that could be kind of interesting. Um, but I think they got some good matchups out there, and I'd really like to see them play Dortmund. So. Yeah, I think it's dependent on that that matchup, the, the draw they get if they can go through. But uh, they they got they got the guys there that have been there before. Um, so I think I think it's a, it's a it's a fun team, an intriguing team, given kind of their situation. So, um, but Liverpool they move on, and we move on now to some, I think two of the more more intriguing games I think, and, uh, and this will start here with Barcelona and PSG, and the second leg ended in a one-one draw. But uh, yet, of course, PSG, after having a great first leg, they move on, aggregate 5-2. But Barcelona made that first half really interesting. They dominated the first half. They had a lot of chances. And at the end of the game, it was Barcelona that had 21 total shots and 10 on target, yet they could only muster the one goal. Uh, Mr. Edwin Perez, our, our Barcelona expert, that must have been pretty tough to, to watch there, just the amount of chances that they had. I mean, it is in a sense tough because of that, but I think it's the most proud a lot of fans have felt in a while. I mean, this has been a team that has gone through so much, and there's there's obviously the room uh, in back of the head. It's Messi leaving and everything like that. Is our future secured if Messi leaves or whatever? But a lot of the a lot of what happened is a lot of people who they need to see for the future perform well performed uh, performed very well you know there, there's a few people that need to step up like the Usmani Dembele I mean if he had a better finishing that game could have been different but I mean you gotta gotta appreciate that they made it competitive I mean I texted me like this I'm just proud that this team at least made it a fight because if they came out with another PSG 4-1 then things are gonna look bad everything's disparaging but this Barcelona team Six points away from Atletico Madrid and La Liga. They're in the final of the domestic cup. So those are their realistic targets after what happened in the first Champions League match. And that match was more to get the confidence back again, which they did, I think, hugely. I think this is, as much as they lost and how disappointing Coman's going to be, I think this is the most happy the team's been uh, in such a long time. And I think just the excitement from the new president that they appreciate. I mean, coming back from the cup matchup, which they should have, and La Liga is just closer than they expected after such a horrible start for them. So, added in all that, and for them to make it a competitive game, um, I think it's just amazing for Barcelona. Very disappointing because Messi, if Messi made that penalty, I think that would have been a different game. So, I think that also adds a little disappointment. But as a whole, I think Barcelona fans are happy right now. Yeah, I, I told you guys when, when the game was on that, you know, this was like, kind of how Barca used to play, right? This was how prime Barcelona played when they'd press and get possession back and, you know, quick passes and tiki-taka and all that stuff. And we saw a lot of that. And I think, you know, obviously Barcelona should have been in this game. I mean, 
They, they should have been able to come back and at least, at least high on aggregate, I think, mm-hmm. uh, before the end of the game. Because the first half, you know, I mean, Dembele was just terrible in front of goal. And that, that's the thing is I think that Barcelona in this game really missed having a true number nine, really missed having Suarez there because I think if Suarez was in for this game, um, they would have been able to come back and at least tie it. They just don't have anybody up there right now um that has the movement or the wherewithal to be able to get in the spaces that they need to as a striker and things like that to help facilitate the offense so i think that that's something that you could look at the whole game and say this is the problem but uh, i mean even as a defense i think barcelona played better um you know this this week than they did the previous leg so i mean all around they looked a lot better but PSG did what they had to do and got the job done. They looked like they really didn't want to be there, but they got the job done. So, so you're not worried about PSG after this performance whatsoever. I mean, I would, I would be though. In the it's sense, tough. It's yeah, tough to yeah. say because I, I mean, there's a few guys that didn't play. Moise Keane didn't play. Neymar didn't play. You know, there, there's a lot of guys that you could arguably say could have been swapped out. Um, in the midfield or the defense, especially the defense after this game. So, I don't know. I think it'll be tough. Uh, it, it's it's one of those things where a lot of these a lot of these games are going to be depending on who the team draws. So I think you know, obviously, if PSG draws somebody with a better defense, it's going to be tough for them. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm a I'm a little worried in the sense that. Uh... I mean, you talked about how the midfield is so iffy. This was the game that they looked absolutely terrible. I oh, mean, yeah. That, is, that, yeah. that midfield, yeah. Barcelona absolutely wrecked them. And also that defense, the one thing that it was very clear is someone with pace will beat you by a lot. Yeah. If Dembele had better finishing, like Miller said, that game is different because Dembele yeah. had like four or five great opportunities, right but goal, he absolutely yeah. whiffed it. So if they get if they draw against a pony who has speed on the wings, I think that that PSG defense can be very worrisome because that's the, that's their strongest defense. It's not like we're talking. Uh, I mean, Miller brought up key players, but most of those players that uh, miss were attacking players, so their attack will be better, and I think that that will help them tremendously. But the defense also that was their starting defenders, and they looked like they were worried against a Dembele that. Not that good, you know. He's like a mediocre kind of player who will pace you. So someone like even Ansu Fati, I think Barcelona missed because at least Ansu has the pace that Dembele has. Well, not as quick, but he has good pace and he can actually finish. So yeah. someone like Ansu could have at least converted one of those that Dembele did, and that defense would have been shaking even more. So it's it's that's the only part that I'm worried it about. It just it's so crazy how it can change because the first game it was like PSG played defense so well. The midfield facilitated so well to, like, the transition of the offense and getting the ball to Mbappe and Di Maria and guys on the wings to be able to run into space. But, like, this game, there was just none of that. Like, even if they did win the ball back, which they didn't a whole lot, it was going pretty much right back to Barca. So, I, I don't know. It was just interesting to see, like, how a team can flip the switch one week compared to another week. So, I think that... It really shows you that the only team here that I think that really like knows how to keep it on 100% of the time is Bayern still, and I think that that's why they ha- they still have to be the favorites. I know it sucks to say, and everybody <laughs> has to listen to it, but I mean that's the only <laughs> that's reason true. you give it to them. So, well, big big performance from from Kaylor Navas, and uh, yeah. I, I think it's one of those. It's one of those what could have been maybe for for Barcelona, but I would say look ahead to the next time. But we we move on to our last. 
uh, last matchup from this first week of the second leg. And uh, this one, <laughs> Edwin and I were watching, and this was this game was nuts, as we, we like to call <laughs> this it. This game was nuts. Uh, I mean, it, it was. The it Juventus, was. Juventus wins oh, the yeah, second leg. Game. Juventus wins the second leg 3-2. to two, But on away goals, Porto wins 4-4. Uh, four, four. Um, on aggregate, uh, and this is when this is even when Porto went down to ten men. Uh, but th- this is just a, a, a crazy game. You had it went into extra time. You had a, a free kick goal from Ol- uh, Oliveira, who hit his second of the, the of the game in the 115th minute. Then Rabio came back, got one in the 117th. But dudes again, Porto getting having more away goals. Uh, they move on. Uh, so <laughs> it just it just looked like one of those games where Porto's defense looked so shaky, and we were just like, no way, there's no way they hang on, but they hung on somehow. I mean, it's it's crazy to me that uh, a 38 year old Pepe came up pretty big during this game and probably had one of his best performances in so long, and people like Corona and Oliveira were the issues that that. Uh, Juventus couldn't control. Like, I mean, Juventus is such a big stature team with so much talent. I mean, they have all the individuals. They brought in Ronaldo just to win the Champions League. I mean, that that was their biggest project. And the last times they, they the last three opponents they got out to was a Ajax team that's young that they should they should be, uh, beat. They lost to a Lyon Lyon team that um they should beat again. This Lyon team's not special. And then this team of Porto that are not even first in the Portuguese league. So, I mean, you talk about all those factors and how much of a failure that is for Juventus. I mean, the good thing for us, Miller, and I was telling Gareth, is that uh, All or Nothing, which is a show that we appreciate, <laughs> they're doing Juventus this season currently. Really? So we're about to watch what happened in this leg behind the scenes with, uh, uh, with the, the Pirlo project yeah. and everything. So, I'm sure I mean, Ronaldo's back there just giving the whole team just <laughs> spankings the entire time the game. Oh, 100%. Everybody after that game. line up. <laughs> oh, after that game, I mean, even Quadrado who hit the post, you know, oh, that, that yeah. one shot that it was absolutely beauty hit the post. But, I mean, the, the good thing for us as fans, as neutral fans, like if we step away from who Juventus is, it was a it was a great game to watch. That's the Champions League football we want to see where it's just high pressure. You never know what's going to happen. That free kick that looks so improbable that Ronaldo probably should have done better and not looked away and actually put his foot into it. But, uh I mean, that's just that kick to low drive it and put it where it needed to be. It's absolute beauty. Just that moment in itself. A team that was not supposed to win beat a big team. So just that is what Champions League is. So in that aspect, it's exciting. But for Juventus, this is a complete failure. And uh, Pirlo, you might be on the clock right now because it's not looking good <laughs> even in the Serie A. Failure. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I have a lot of problems with this game. But I, I think that, you know, it's one of those old adages that, you know, if hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I think that that summed up this game really nicely. Um, I, I just think that Juventus just suck, man. They have all these good players, but they just – they no identity. They have no shape. They don't play a certain style. It just – it's all individual ball. So I, it's tough to see – to watch this team and think that they can go far because, you know, there's some moments where they look great because they have all these really talented individual players, and there's some moments where it's like, you know, they can't defend uh, worth anything because, you know, their players don't play together. So it's it's really tough to watch this team, and it, it's one of those things where this is the third consecutive year in a row that Juventus and Ronaldo haven't made it past 
the round of 16 Champions League. So uh, it makes you wonder, you know, is he going to stay and try again or is he going to leave? And if so, where does he go? Well, that's, that's, you know, you do a good job reading my mind because that that was going to be my next question is uh, (laughs) put yourself in Ronaldo's shoes here. This is a, it's been a real tough go at it for the the past uh, couple of years with this team and how much, uh, and the you know with the signing and then the expectations and they just haven't done it. Uh, how much how much can you take longer if you're Ronaldo? You leave. I say, hear me <laughs> out. I I, I oh, told no. Gareth and I pitched this to him. <laughs> oh, no. I said, listen, Ronaldo. It seems like this listen, is not Ronaldo. the future. Big Ron. Go for somewhere where they have a another guy who's a really good Portuguese midfielder. Uh, his, his teammate that some would call a penalty specialist, a guy that a you, merchant, <laughs> a guy that used to be your home that everyone would love for you to go back and go dominate and show what you can do in the Premier League. Go back to Man United. I think that's. I don't know how they're. Uh, I mean, they have a lot of money. They want Sancho. I think they have the wages for Ronaldo if they're willing to pay up for Sancho. So go back to that Man United team that could use someone like Ronaldo and just make that t- take that team to another level and make them compete against the Man Cities. I mean, they beat Man City 2-0 yep. without someone like I, Ronaldo. I add in you, Ronaldo. I told you to bet on that game. They play their best when they play City. <laughs> so I'm saying add in someone like Ronaldo. That team could be a different different beast. So I say he honestly should go back to Man United. That's not even me trying to appease Miller. I think that's the best option for him. <laughs> I, I love that take. I think it's great. <laughs> but aside from that, I, I do think like going back to this game, though, I think that this was definitely a game that you know, Ronaldo didn't play well. And yeah. I think the last few, even the leg before, he didn't play that well, to be honest. I mean, Fred <laughs> Chiesa scored three goals, <laughs> all three of the goals in the tie. Or, well, obviously not in the second leg. He scored two of them. But, but before no, that, he scored he, three of the four yeah. goals that Juve scored in this tie. So I, it, it's just really tough to blame anybody else but yourself. I mean, Quadrado was the best player, probably arguably on the field this the second leg so I, I i don't know i just think it's really tough and i think who are wasting talent and all this kind of stuff but i do agree ronaldo should leave um i don't think it's time for mls just yet no. you saying he leaves right after this year yeah. I, I think he should yeah. yeah and i i think that him and messi should play together wherever it is hopefully at man united <laughs> oh, wow but that's not gonna happen <laughs> not gonna the get bank, my hopes up they, they might go one. they might go bankrupt man <laughs> <laughs> I <bet you. laughs> Well, I'd send in money. I'd, I'd donate. Make, make a donation. <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> Before we go to the break, real quick, next half of matches, I'll list them out, off to you very quickly. Which ones are you? Which one are you looking forward to the most? We got Real Madrid, Atlanta, Atlanta Manchester City, Mönchengladbach, Bayern versus Lazio, and then Chelsea, Atletico Madrid. I guess it's only one of two choices technically. What do you mean, Bayern versus Lazio? Come on, that's nuts. <laughs> Four uh, one. Heater. That's a heater. Um, I think I know what Miller's gonna pick, so I'm gonna pick the other one. I'm gonna say Real Madrid Atlanta because okay. after that first matchup in the red card, it would happen to Atlanta where if someone like Duvon Spata was in for the 90 minutes and they had all 11, I think they could have actually won that game and pushed them. So I want to see a full 90 minutes where Atlanta has their guys and can actually go against this Real Madrid team who couldn't even get a goal until I think it was the 88th minute yeah. with only 10 men of Atlanta. So I think that matchup for me. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, they, Adelana played really well last time around, so it was good pointing that out. Uh, but I'm going to look at the other game, I guess, since Edwin so kindly saved it for me. <laughs> Chelsea and yep. Atletico is definitely the game to watch. Um, That's going to be a good one. I, I mean, you would think, but Atletico yeah. last the last game they just didn't look like they didn't look like they should have. I, I don't think they played their best 
that they could have, and I think that it'll be really interesting to see if they can turn it around. Yeah, you guys are missing out. I'm going to the Munch and Gladback uh, comeback uh, over oh, Manchester okay. City. Oh, like yeah? Like yeah. Who, do you, who are you going to predict is going to score the goals? Um, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, uh, what's his name? The, it's uh, a team. Play, playa? His name is yeah. Playa? Yeah, yeah, Playa. Okay. It's I don't a know. team effort. Gary's Te- going to just say no, the whole team. No, I said Playa. I said Playa. I know somebody. Get out of here. I know I know players, even though I don't play FIFA anymore. It's okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll talk a little Europa League, and then we'll talk some Barcelona presidency and Yahim Lowe. We'll be right back. And hello, everybody, and welcome back. Second half of Dissecting the Pitch here from the Bill Austin Radio Studios in downtown Phoenix. Gareth Kwok, Miller McKinney, Edwin Perez. Uh, all right, halftime message. What, 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 what was said in, at the half, gentlemen? We were discussing uh, the Europa League, actually, a little bit because <laughs> I had to catch up because I didn't get to see the, the, the goals as much as I wanted to. I was talking about the man who scored the Man United goal because I know he's a youngin that uh, a lot of people have hope for, so we talked about that. And about the Milan goal that a lot of people are pissed about. So that's uh, what we discussed over here. Yeah. Uh, uh, and speaking of that, we're, 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 let's talk about that game. Manchester United won, Milan won, and then it seemed like nine, nine, all the way up to the, the 90th minute there, United was going to come away with the with a 1-0 lead at, at, the, uh, at the end of the first leg. But no, Milan's just able to scratch away with the away goal, big away goal. And so Miller... Uh, the floor is yours. Your your general thoughts from this one? Very disappointed, Gareth. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, both teams didn't start. You know, their full eleven, notably on both sides. United didn't start Rashford, and Milan didn't start Ibra. So that was, you know, those were two big losses for both sides. But United had the better lineup in this game. Should have won it. I think they played the better game, but. AC Milan had a really, really tough time with a few calls, um, except apparently the last one. <laughs> so um, I was talking to Edwin, and I said I didn't see the last goal. Um, I saw I saw Ahmad Diallo's, the, the 18-year-old that we bought from Adelana, another player that could have helped beat Real Madrid. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but he's supposed to be really good, so I'm excited. He got some playing time, was able to score, so hopefully bright future there. Um, but if you haven't seen Frank Kessie's goal in the first half pretty early that got called back, I would recommend you go watch it because it's a really good goal, and I don't think they should have called it back, but they did. Anyway, um, it, it's just it's one of those games where it's – I told a friend of mine that I was like, you know, if I'm Manchester United right now, I don't even want to win Europa League, to be honest. Because, I mean, you're in second place in the Premier League. What's the point in winning Europa League? I mean, you can do it to say you did it, but who cares at the end of the day unless you're, what, like Arsenal or, like, Wolves or something? So, like, I don't know. At the, at the end of the day, I don't think Man United need it. I don't think they played like they needed it. So I think it'll be – one of those things where, um, depending on who starts for both teams in the second t- in the second leg, I think is gonna kind of dictate what happens in this tie. I want Man United to win it. I think it would be good trophy. I know you don't <laughs> need it, but I think it'd be good trophy and a good experience for your young boys. 
your young boys who maybe not play a lot, the Greenwood, the, uh, the Greenwoods who needs to get back to I, his good form days, dude, you know? I think I'd rather have young boys win the Europa League. <laughs> the actual, oh, the actual young boys. The young boys. They're in a little bit of a hole here. They're down 3-0. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no, not the young boys. <laughs> the young boys. I, I, the, I want Man United to win it to get the, the young kids. Like, you know, you, you mentioned one of them, but also the Greenwoods. The I don't know. The, the You guys have so many young players that maybe don't get the, the light of day. So play yeah. those players if you if you win the trophy you know that's great it shows that you have great youth if you don't like you said you're going to probably be playing in champions league football unless you choke toward the end of the premier league season but i don't see that happening so at least you get to play in the champions league next season and it's not a i mean you didn't win the europa league whoop you do but i mean all the fans will be happy that they'll be playing in champions league so just that fact so i really want man united to win but uh my second option is the glasgow rangers i think they're having a crazy <laughs> year i think they they're they're ranked number three last last week for me or number two but uh, Shaka, number two, really? Shaka Hislop had him as number two too. So people are starting to realize <laughs> how, how much of a powerful force Glasgow's been recently. So. All right, so now I've changed my mind. <laughs> I want United to win, and I want them to draw Glasgow just so <laughs> it'll just smash this kid and Shaka's rankings. No, Glasgow's so good. <laughs> hey, you gotta humble him, man. No, Glasgow's so good. <laughs> they haven't lost in so long. You gotta humble this kid at times. Only slight, only tight Slavia Braj, but that was because it was a bad game for them don't worry it's uh well you have slavia praha and rangers with the 1-1 draw villarreal 2-0 win over dynamo kiev uh ajax 3-0 win over young boys sorry miller young boys and in, in, <laughs> young dug, boys dug, in the mud dug, young boys <laughs> dug themselves in a hole <laughs> arsenal wins 3-1 over olympiacos tottenham wins 2-0 over dynamo zagreb Granada wins 2-0 over Molde, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And uh, Roma wins 3-0 over Shakhtar Donetsk. So, um, again, probably, probably the teams that are supposed to win, they're doing their job. But uh, we, got, we got still a couple more things to talk about. And let's first go to here uh, the, the new president of Barcelona and our, our, our good friend here, Evan Perez, going to kind of lay it all out. But Joan Laporta elected the new president of the team. Um, there were there were three candidates, but Laporta, he won by a pretty pretty sizable margin, uh, with 54% of the vote going to Joan Laporta. Uh, Victor Font was the next guy up, the runner up, but he just got a little bit under 30% of the vote. And then uh, Anthony Frescia. There we go. There, I, was, uh, I was excited for you to say the last eight, name. Eight, eight and a half percent <laughs> of the vote. So. Uh, Edwin, what, what, for, what, maybe you can, you can uh, detail for the listeners and elaborate, sir, what each candidate is was about, and just kind of what does Laporta mean for the future? Yes, sir. I'll try to put it in simple terms, in terms that if you're into politics in America, at least a little bit or know a little bit, you would know what I'm talking about. So, uh, Laporta was the guy who, in a sense, if we were putting it in American politics, it would be like he was there when everything was going well you know like he was there when at the right moment so like people i mean we talked about the best team in barcelona also when the pep Guardiola happened the port president who elected him was laporta he was the one who made the bold choice because at that moment it was between pep Guardiola or jose Mourinho. they could have hired each one but uh a lot of people wanted jose Mourinho, but laporta and uh cruyff both said let's go pep Guardiola route so it's, it's it's to him that Pep Guardiola stepped into Barcelona and they had their glory days with the Iniesta, Messi, and all that. But also people say, was it because it's just the talent that they had? 
it's obviously that's a huge thing. But I mean, Pep Guardiola, he, if it wasn't for uh, Laporta, I don't think uh, Pep was going to be the coach back then. So he was there for the glory days, and, and people are hoping that he can kind of do the similar thing right here with, uh, you know, people are saying Xavi should be the coach. Uh, people <laughs> are hoping that's going to be the one who's going to be the, the Mark oh III, as uh, Danny almost says. <laughs> I recommend to watch uh, uh, Take the Ball, Pass the Ball on Netflix. Great Barcelona, Barcelona documentary that talks about their uh, great days, and they talk about Xavi, too, as a coach, which is interesting. But... Uh, so Laporta was that guy, strongest one there for the glory days. People are hoping he can bring him back there. That's why it makes sense that he won. I think people like him and Messi and all the good ones wanted Laporta. Victor Font, uh, Victor Font was the guy who only promised one big thing, and that was Xavi would be the next coach as soon as he steps in. But even Xavi didn't do too much uh, public, um, I don't know, like pushing Endor- for Endorsement? Yeah, endorsement. There we go. That's the word. Uh, too much public endorsement for him because obviously he wants to open the door for it if Laporta gets selected to be the coach then too. So obviously Victor got mad when he lost. He said, it's also Xavi's fault because he didn't back me publicly. So he, he was that guy who kind of put all his eggs into one basket and that one basket didn't help him out. And then the third guy was uh, any Real Madrid fan's uh, choice. Uh, that's Freccia. <laughs> I mean, he's the guy that, I mean, he would just say bold things every other day where he's like, I'm going to bring Neymar back if I'm elected. <laughs> I'll do this. I'll be the one who gives Messi <laughs> the five-year contract. We'll be Donald fine. Donald Trump as yeah. president. <laughs> as, as Barca's oh, president. man. <laughs> yeah, so he was the bold guy that, I mean, every day you'd see something new come out. So, I mean... It's not. There's no wonder why he didn't win. I mean, his it was like two percent or what do you said one percent. I mean, he barely got any votes. I, I tell you this. I think Real Madrid fans voted for him. Those were the people who actually wanted him in there. <laughs> I mean, himself, probably his family, and then maybe Real Madrid fans were the ones who voted for him. But there was absolutely no chance. So Laporta had that one pretty handily. So who did who did Messi vote for? Oh, you see, that's the thing everyone wants to know. Is it's either Font or Laporta, but it looks like it's Laporta because I mean, his dad is actually going to fly out to talk to Laporta. I believe it's next week. So I mean, so it's, it looks it, that it's, way. Uh, it looks it's like Laporta. All right, so. I was interested to see because I was really hoping he was going to vote for like the Real Madrid guy. <laughs> that would be tough. <laughs> he's voting. Tough. He's voting for somebody he knows is just going to ruin everything. He's so. ruining his own team. So uh, that would be that brutal. That would be very interesting. I'd love to see. That'd that. be headlines if he did. That, that, that means be, he's definitely leaving if he. Yeah. Did that because he said, "All right, I'm out. I I don't mess with this Barcelona team no more. <laughs> Good luck with the feature with this dumb." All right. So he gets he gets Laporta gets elected. Um, is that enough to maybe keep him keep Messi uh, back uh, on the team, or uh, does does it help at all? Maybe I think it helps. I think um, what they need to do is win the league. I think win the league and win the cup, which is obviously a big ass. But I mean, if they do that with all the young players that they're playing right now, I think it shows the. The future that is bright, like people like Alish Moriba, Ansu Fati, Ricky Puj, and all them young boys can actually win stuff. So I think that's huge. I think his family being there is already an advantage for Barcelona. He loves the club so much. I think it's going to be all about the project that Laporta is going to present. That messing with his, that meeting with his dad, he needs to be like, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're actually going to go for, and include Messi in the talk. You know, don't leave him out of the loop. Don't be like, oh yeah, we we might get some transfers, but I'll just let you know. And we'll, that's it. No, you gotta be like, hey, Messi, listen, this is our plan. This is what we want to do. Realistically, things might not happen, but we'll come to you and talk about it. You know, you'll have your say with the club, and your future say here will give you a position in the future. Blah blah blah. Just give him all that, and I think he'll say. I I truly think it's leaning to uh to him more staying now than it was last year for sure. I mean, it's looking positive and positive more and more, and I think the big big first step was the Laporta. So I think that was just the first step of 
of a lot. What What do you think? Uh, what do you think is going to be sort of the future of the of the team and just kind of the the overall philosophy uh, these next couple of months in? I think the philosophy, at least for them, is I think Coleman's going to be gone. I think he should be. As much as I think he's done a decent job playing the young players. I think they need to revert to their good days of playing the Barcelona way, as Miller alluded to. That's the tiki-taka with the right mentality, play, outsmarting your opponent. You know, Again, I, I'm not going to go into depth about it because I can't do it as well as the documentary does, so <laughs> please watch Take the Ball, Pass the Ball. But the way that they play and they mismatch every time they pass the ball, like with three people against always two, two. they always carry the that three pocket against two. Nuts. Yeah, they create a triangle. The way that they do it and people do fake runs so others can get open, if they can get that type of mentality back and play that style it's, which someone like Xavi knows that's crazy chemistry though that, like that team had such good chemistry and like that's what the understanding the, so like, that so that's why I, I know it's hard to ask but I think that's why they're bringing a lot of these young yeah. boys in slowly and surely right because I think yeah. as soon as this summer happens people like Griezmann might be gone someone like Coutinho I think is gone I think not them, the worst thing in the world yeah so I think <laughs> Brethwaite's gone Pjanic is probably going to be gone so they're going to get none of these are bad yeah so a lot of these <laughs> a lot of these guys that need to go are going to leave, give the young boys a chance, and then add to people like they're going to bid a lot for Erling Lawn. I really think he's going to be the player that they bring to the outside. Him real bad. I really do. Because be that, that number nine, and just if he stays with Messi and just with Ansu Fati, <laughs> that top three would be back to the good days. So, That'd be nuts. So that, and then um, they're going to also bring in free people, which is what they should do. Like the Aguero, the, I don't know, there's so many good free transfers. So just do that aspect of it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, sir, remains to be seen how. How, how this will shape up the next these are some critical times right now for Barcelona and uh, should be fun to, and, and interesting to monitor but we have to move on we're, we're getting to the end here as we, we got to talk about one more thing and it's going to be Joachim Lowe stepping down from the German national team after the 2020 Euros or the 2021 Euros this summer um, the longtime German national manager um, and he, he's stepping down after really a, 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 I guess you could call it a a career that had its ups and had some uh, some of its downs as well with the internal internal stuff, but also the the World Cup that a lot of people will remember as well. But just I'll, I'll give it to Miller here. What do you think? Just were the the reasons for kind of this resignation here that he's gonna have out? Uh, he's overstayed his welcome, to put it in short. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know he did a really good job uh with teams in the past teams that we grew up watching you know to teams that we saw even you know the usa play against in the world cup and that seems like forever ago and you know it is a team that won a world cup as well and all this kind of stuff but you can kind of see it with some of the players especially uh with one case that happened i believe it was last year maybe been the year before i think it was last year but when Jerome Boateng said he wanted to retire from the national squad i think that was kind of a sign because he was one of those key pieces in that team. And a lot of the older guys were starting to get phased out for these younger German players like the Leroy Sanes of the world, the Serge Gnabry's of the world, um, you know, all these guys coming in. So I think it kind of – it's just kind of a changing of the guard. You know, I, I think that it's, it's time for, you know, a different style to come in because I think that that style with some of the younger players isn't translating as well and things like that. So I think it just, at the end of the day, just not a fit really anymore for what they want to do. So I think at the end of the day, it was the best decision for everybody probably. 
I agree. Um, quickly, uh, Garrett Fox not gonna let me talk about it, but Mark Noble, uh, shout out to your retire- <laughs> shout out to your <laughs> retirement at West Ham. Oh, we, man. we love your great appreciation work and the loyalty to a club like he did against the rough times at West Ham were. So shout out to there. But oh, uh, my, oh my God! Well, see, uh, see, I wasn't finished. I was gonna ask Edwin just sir, what do you what do you think? Uh, Yahim Lowe will no, be remembered. Well, see, that was my quick for. plug. That was my quick okay, plug. Right. Of, you know what? Of, shameless of, plug. Of Mark, I'm a shameless Mark plug. <laughs> So I just had to get that in. I feel like you know, the big news on the West Ham right. side. But uh, uh, I think uh, Miller put it well. I mean, what will he be best for? See, I'll answer all three of your questions right there quick for you. So we move on to the segment. <laughs> bang, bang, what, bang. what will he be best remembered for? The Brazil 7-1 and winning that World Cup. I mean, yeah. I mean that's what you're going to be remembered for. Who will be the next coach? It's, it's, it's such a big question because there's so many German guys that – have, I mean, even people are talking about getting Flick out of Bayern Munich and getting him onto that. That but, would be nuts. Yeah, people are talking about that. People are talking about Jurgen Klopp and trying to get him secured, uh, getting like someone Nogglesman, the RB Leipzig coach, to step in. I see, but I think those are all bad. Yeah. Because I, they got to have time to focus on their team, you know, and then it, it comes around and they have – they have to pick one or the other, so I agree. Hansi no, Flick, Hansi Flick, though. I, I, well, I don't know, man. I, I think that if it was me, I would, I would go the route of what a lot of people are starting to do now, which is you know get get somebody that's played on the team and like, it was a was a smart player. So I think somebody like Bastian Schweinsteiger yeah. would be a real good coach. Mm, interesting. I like that. I think somebody like that would be really good. Somebody who doesn't really have a whole lot of experience with you know like coaching bigger teams or anything like that. I think somebody that can mold a lot of players. But I don't know. Yeah, what do he I can know? he can relate and he knows how to treat them because I think the low thing he just didn't know how to treat his players at the end. He yeah. mistreated his old players. He didn't use his young players at the right time i mean they had they have such a good talent that he just didn't know what to do with it it seems like they had the leroy sonnes of the world the young boys who seem like they have a great future but he just didn't know what to do with it and he it was it was long overdue people said it should have been done the tournament after the world cup what was it yeah yeah, but i mean after that it seemed like things were falling apart so it it was good timing at least on that aspect but uh, schweinsteiger i know philip lom doesn't serve another one of those guys although i think he has talked about yeah coaching Still a little bit undetermined. He's not set on it, but Schweinsteiger, that that'd be a good could be a good candidate as well. But uh, th- all right, we got see, ten I more. I answered mi- all three of your questions Thank really you. quickly. Just Thank to you. Give ten you time. more. We got ten minutes. I have filled out my. Uh, oh, you both did. I filled mine out. So oh, let's go. This is we gotta do this Uh-oh. quickly. This then. is the Edwin segment. Bang bang bang. Uh-oh. This is huge. All right, so uh, we're gonna start off with formations. Which formations did you each uh, choose? I chose a four-three-three. I did too, just nice and simple. That's what I thought. I, I was seeing if someone wanted to do three-four-three. Three. That's a little dangerous. That's but tough. I, That's a little uh, dangerous. That uh, so Miller, you know, I'll give Gareth. Uh, he'll he'll get the last one. So Miller, tell me your team and uh, did you follow all the rules? Uh, I tried my best. Okay, as long uh, as you tried your best. I, I think I, I think I did. I think I did. If you didn't, I just wanted to you know kind of <laughs> kind of keep you above so you don't just choose the Bayern Munich. Okay, I'll I'll kind of check them off as I go. Go ahead. All right, so first one, Mbappe or Holland? Yeah. I picked Mbappe and I put him on the left wing. Okay. Um, so that's one of the seven rules. Yep. Another of the seven rules was Ronaldo or Messi. I picked Ronaldo and I put him up top. Okay. So that's two of the seven down there. Okay. Um, this was just kind of a free play here. I put Neymar as my right winger. Wow, okay. Um, and then to move to the middle of the field, the three midfielders, 
uh, followed the first rule of the game, which was one West Ham player, you know we're sliding Thomas Suchek in there. Baby. Come on, <laughs> big, big thing. The potato man. <laughs> Absolute delivery service. Um, and then for my player younger than 21, picked none other than Kamavinga yeah, in the middle. That's what I feel like you were going to do. <laughs> Figured I had to. It was very on-brand content. Um, and then Lamazia, graduate, not named Messi. Ricky Pooge in the middle. Great choice, great choice, great choice. Um, I kind of did this just to kind of win Edwin over here. I also <laughs> put another Lamazia graduate oh, in my left oh. back, oh, Junior Firpo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see you, kid. Not to see you. That's a bold choice, but all right, I like it. Um, and then uh, I believe that crosses off one, two, three. Four, five, five of the seven rules to get six of the seven rules out of the way. My center back, first of the two. Oh, Opara from the <laughs> Minnesota Loons. Absolute sweat in FIFA. Uh, that's that's one of my center backs. Just figured, you know, need a nice, uh, big, fast man back there. I like that. So he's going to be paired up with Virgil Van Dyke for the Dream oh, Team. There we go. I was going to say you hadn't had any Premier League in there. Yeah, I figured I had to add one. Yeah. And then uh, my right back is actually going to be uh, the right back that I've seen play probably the best in Champions League so far this season. Kind of talked about it earlier. Quadrado yeah. had very, very, very good service out of the back. He's even he's not the best defender in the world, obviously, but that's what happens when you stick a right winger at <laughs> right back. So I put him at right back, just a little added offense there, and, of course, put O-block in goal, and that, that rounds out my team. Wow, what a team. He, and he followed all the rules. So that's, Hey, uh, I followed all the rules too, man. All right, all right. I'm just saying. I, I'm, that's a, that's, that's gonna I just want to know what does this mean? Like, what is there a hidden meaning here? Like, with this? No, see, what I want to test is your guys' ability to uh, do two rules. things at the same time. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, at, we're asking soccer to do, uh, we're asking for soccer players to, do, you know, to play and do all this stuff. So, I'm asking the soccer host to not only talk about the players, but okay. also create a team. So, all right. Okay. I'll start off with my 4 3 3. Uh, I got at the left wing my. Lamazia graduate on Sufati. Oh, that's a great choice. Great uh, choice. Great choice, of course. At, at, at the number nine, I I chose the Holland okay. over Mbappe. I like that. I um, that. At, at right wing, we we chose the Messi okay. over Ronaldo. So really, we'll, just we'll, going for Edwin's heart here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the top three is absolute beauty. <laughs> top three is beauty. Um, okay, let's see. Our our uh, okay, we go to the midfield now. Um, our my one player younger than 21, uh, Miller and I think uh, think alike because I chose Kamavinga. <laughs> hey, 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 come on, I, I, chose, I chose Kamavinga as well. Um, I actually went very MLS kind of in this one. Uh, my, one of my midfielders here for the MLS, Nicholas Ladero oh. from Sounders. There, I see you, kid. Uh, he's he's filthy. Um, I see you, kid. Um, okay, Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other midfielder, I fulfilled the West Ham player too, and it's the same one Miller had with oh. some Suchek. The potato man. None of you went with Declan Rice, but that's Give him with Suchek. Okay, Miller, you'll like this one. For my other MLS player, we're going to defenders now. Oh. For uh, for our left back, 
from FC Dallas. Oh, come Ryan on. Ryan Hollingshed. Insane. <laughs> Ryan Hollingshed as our left back. Wow. You didn't that. see that one coming. No, I guarantee you didn't see that one coming. Do you have the players? That's huge for a moment. We have one more, too. But, oh, uh, whoa. We, we're going to go to our center backs here, and you'll like this one, Miller. Uh, from the Manchester United himself, Harry Maguire. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he went Harry over Virgil. He, he, he went Harry over everyone. Oh, you'll like this. You'll like this next one from my other center back from Manchester City, John Stones. Oh god. <laughs> John What's Stones. What's his defense, man? <laughs> hey, hey, we didn't you didn't say it had to be a, a good team. You That's just true. had to pick players. That's true. You, so you we made we made the meme squad. The meme squad. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then right our, back. our right back from Manchester United, Juan Bisaka. Okay. That's actually fair. Huge. And then yeah. in goal from the MLS and from Atlanta United, oh. Brad Guzan. Oh, oh Guzan. <laughs> Brad Guzan. The absolute goat. <laughs> Absolutely, baby. Wow. Yes, sir. Look at so, those uh, teams. I think you'll you'll you like. I think my team has some interesting flavor. We're gonna be filthy in the attack. Midfield will be good. <laughs> Your defense <laughs> is a little done for. Your defense <laughs> is gonna get found out. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, if these two teams played, I think Miller's attack would have probably the best day ever. Ronaldo. Neymar and Moppet going against those boys. <laughs> this is a two-leg tie. <laughs> so oh, the dude. defending part may be a bit of a question mark, but uh, but at least we'll have Guzan. To... <laughs> you have Guzan back there. <laughs> Guzan, will, Guzan will carry. The one that makes the fans call him the Guzano, the worm, because he looks like a worm, dude. <laughs> That's a it's bold choice, but I respect it. So uh, th- there you go. That's is, is Was that our Eggwin segment for today? Yeah, it was. I mean, look, I mean, he pulled out some MLS players, so I got to give him props we might have for to, that. We might have to do this again we might have to really uh shape things up all right we have one last minute here that's going to be it for dissecting the pitch our last uh final thoughts gentlemen uh i mean just credit to uh i think the biggest player today was garrett kwok whipping out multiple <laughs> mls players i just threw him one because i thought that would that would hurt him but he went with three so ryan hollingshed that one that one that, that one i had to really do some digging for that one <laughs> props to you but uh I mean, the last thing I'll say is Man United versus West Ham this uh, this Ooh, Sunday, yep. twelve fifteen p.m. It's gonna be a huge game. We're uh, filthy. Woo, top. That's a top four battle, huh? Yeah, yeah, the top five battle. Excuse me. Probably the most it. exciting game we'll play all season. So yeah, <laughs> we'll probably lose it too. I Let's go. Why, we just never play West Ham. Are we well. gonna? Will we have a friendly wager here? Uh, possibly. Well, we'll have to talk it off the off, off, off the air. Yeah, because off, off the air. Uh, that we don't want to get uh, in trouble. That's well, okay. That it also time's running up, bud. Time is running up, but that is gonna do it for this episode of dissecting the pitch. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at dissect the pitch. Um, but but that's gonna do it. We'll be back here next Friday morning. Um, and and for now, that is gonna be it for for my partners, Edwin Perez and Miller McKinney. I'm Gareth Kwok saying so long here from the Bill Austin Radio Studios in downtown Phoenix. You've been listening to Dissecting the Pitch, and once again, we'll be back here next week. So have a great rest of your weekend.